Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode five of the Ringside Rundown, brought to you by TWM.news and the Wrestling Chronicle.com. Representing the Wrestling Chronicle, I am Eric Vasquez, and I'm joined as I am every week representing TWM.news, the wonderful Shay Hickson. Shay, how are you doing? Honestly, I am doing fantastic. It has been a wonderful week for me as a wrestling fan, but we will get into that later. But in general, I am doing good. How are you doing? I am doing excellent. It, as you said, it was a wonderful week of wrestling. And the cool thing is we're inching ever so closely to uh, the end of having to look at screens for fans. Yes. yes you finally. Know? It doesn't, it feels weird because it's like... It feels like it just happened a few months ago, and now we're back to live fans starting next week. It is crazy. right, right. Well, we obviously will touch on AEW a little bit later, but they were the first kind of big show to have a full capacity crowd this week, mm-hmm. and and they were in a different setting, a totally different venue. They weren't at Daly's place, and for me, it kind of added to the excitement. Okay, wrestling is getting back to the way it used to be. Absolutely, and. I feel like so many like fans are just excited to go see a wrestling show again that for God knows how long, these crowds are going to be insane because the one in Miami for AEW was wild. They were, as and I say this every week, as the kids say, lit. <laughs> yes. Boom, just had to drop that one in there. Oh. Uh, but yeah, they, they were insane. Uh, maybe Maybe a little bit too insane. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> AEW fans are definitely a step above everyone else, I think. They definitely always bring the energy. It doesn't matter where they are. And, uh, yeah, I think it was just, like, cooped-up fan energy that they needed to let out. And, yeah, it, yeah, we, we'll talk about that later, but I think yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, they got a little too carried away, but... They get the, and then, I mean, you know, I mean, it won't take up a big portion of our AEW coverage, but uh, someone did try to jump in the ring and it was unclear whether they were trying to attack Jericho or they were trying to attack MJF, but either way, you shouldn't do that. No, I feel like they were going after MJF because. And it makes perfect sense. And it makes perfect sense that they would be going after MJF. And my brother, when we were talking about it, he was like, man. MJF is going to have to cool it, you know, because mm-hmm. it can get really dangerous. But I'm like, no. nah. I nah, think he's doing a good job. He, it's, I mean, he's doing a good job, but, it, I mean, from a reality standpoint, I mean, he has to be a protected entity. Yeah. So maybe walk to his car with security. Probably, make sure he yeah. always, <laughs> Make sure he always has somebody with him. Yeah. Because whatever he said to that person really pissed off that person thankfully jericho was there to kind of cut him off and thankfully security yeah security got there just in time but again uh if you're a wrestling fan don't do the stupid thing and try to get into the ring that is just don't be stupid that's just stupid don't ruin it for everyone else really yeah i mean i i know we're excited we're antsy we're getting back to normal but we got to eliminate some of these bad things, but we'll, we'll, you know, we'll digress and get into our coverage. We have a lot to talk about. We got a little bit of raw, uh, great American bash was this week. We had some big debuts on AEW and then to counter that we had some big debuts on SmackDown. So we have a lot to talk about. Plus we have a ton of questions like we did last week. So I'm super excited. How about you? Yes. Let us get into it. All right. So on raw, 
I mean, <laughs> we were talking about this before. Uh, just trying to go through everything and try to pick up on points to to cover. This Raw, it wasn't a bad Raw. It was just, it felt very inconsequential. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. It was, like we said earlier, we knew stuff happened, but I think we had just gotten so used to Raw being like, eh, that when it was actually good, and it honestly hasn't been bad the last few weeks, but you're just so indifferent and apathetic to it, where it's like, okay, yeah, that was a thing that happened. And honestly... I'm just happy Shayna Baszler didn't get pinned this week. She actually <laughs> won. Granted, she didn't win it for the team, but she her team won. And that just started off a good week for me. But we'll finish the rest of that later. But yes. <laughs> yeah, no, might as well just get right into it. Like I said, for me, Raw, it, it just it just didn't it didn't connect with me to make me go oh man yeah that was that was something we definitely have to talk about yeah. i'm still confused as this randy orton situation why he has been absent yeah it's like is he hurt is something going on because it was it was just abrupt too where it was um i don't remember if it was last week or the week before it's just oh yeah due to unforeseen circumstances out of our control yeah he's not in he's not going to be able to compete and it's like okay so maybe he is hurt i i don't know i don't know i don't know and i mean they didn't even put him in the mini in the bank uh ladder match which we'll obviously get in because the raw the raw that's one thing we could get into is that the raw men's side of the the ladder match is set do you see anybody from raw potentially taking the money in the bank briefcase Well, I know we've talked about it the last few weeks of who we actually think is going to win it. I still think out of if you look at everybody in the match so far or that has rounded out the field, I still think Big E is going to win it. Mm -hmm. Um, If they really want to make fans angry, they'll have Drew McIntyre win it (laughs) (laughs) because then they'll just try to find a loophole to their own stipulation they put in place (laughs) to begin with. But yeah. I don't think that would be such a good idea. So, because we, I remember talking about it where I said, my heart wants one person, but my brain wants another. This is the one where both my heart and my head say that Biggie's going to win it, hopefully. Good. Well, I mean, Biggie's a popular choice. Um, I, I kind of want Riddle to win it. Oh, that would be. I, oh, God. I, I kind of want Riddle to win it. And. Like that leaves open maybe for another title reign for Randy Orton to to accumulate when he comes back, whenever he comes back, and then maybe we could have a Riddle versus Randy Orton program. Uh, but I mean, or just to see what Riddle does with the briefcase, maybe he fills it with whoppers or yeah, or I could see him doing that. Some other substance. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I really, I mean, I do feel kind of bad because they did put John Morrison and Ricochet in the match, but I don't see them. I don't see them. Maybe Ricochet, but other than that. They're kind of there for, um, we've touched on it before. I think they, they're they in there for the entertainment value because those two would be the ones that you would expect to do something wild with the ladders. Mm-hmm. And that would, that's, I think, really the only reason they have them in there. Yeah, that's true. And they've been really hyping up Morrison and Ricochet. These guys have been going back and forth, you know, trading count out uh losses and then morrison gets the count out victory this week and then this coming week on raw is going to be a false count anywhere match 
between yep. Ricochet and Morrison. So that should be nuts in itself. So That's I feel like I feel like they're trying to implement new things mm-hmm. into into the fold, and especially like I talked about, uh, uh, maybe it was like last week or the week before. They talked about how they don't want matches to happen with no purpose, with no reason. Yeah. So I feel like that's why we're going to see a lot of rematches, but we're the, the, the good part about that is we'll finally maybe see some logic in setting up these matches. That would be nice because I'm tired of having to do mental gymnastics trying to figure out why they do the things they do sometimes. <laughs> and unfortunately, I had to do that on uh, SmackDown this week, but yeah it's like i would like to make it make sense well yeah so this uh this coming up like i said there's going to be a false count anywhere match between ricochet and john morrison then we'll also have the tag team champions in singles competition check this out uh i don't know which way it's gonna go but almost an aj will individually be taking on the viking raiders eric and ivar and then in two weeks when the fans or what is it two weeks or a week Um, from monday a week from monday Uh, yeah yeah i think it's a week from monday is when we'll see the viking raiders challenge aj styles and almost for the raw tag team championships and they made that a big thing uh you know for the fans coming back and they wanted to set that match up for that i just that's the thing that always drives me nuts is that it doesn't matter what if it's the women's tag team division or the men's tag team, why is it that we always have to see one person from each team wrestle the other, and then we're going to switch and then it'll be a combination of like the other two. It's like, I don't know why we have to see all of those. Cause it's kind of to a degree, the same match, just not put together. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's like, are we that bored and creative that you can't just make something a little more, original than just oh well these two teams are going at each other just put them in singles competition and then next week whoever the other doesn't face switch them it's like okay (laughs) (laughs) great i mean yeah i mean it goes with that decree no cold matches but then again it's just like you're kind of just recycling the same thing over and over again yes remember like we've said raw is repetition Raw is repetition. Raw is mental gymnastics. I like the way you put that, but that's how I feel. It's, it, it definitely is mental gymnastics. And I just feel like I wish they would do a better job, similar to what they do on SmackDown, yep. which is there's the one big story, but there's also like four little mini stories in the same show, mm-hmm. you know, and they yep. just follow that flow. You know, we, we center, we, we break down the big story into little segments, and then we have regular story segments it's like blocks it's like tetris exactly and they do a really good job of that so i wish that raw would follow the same uh the same format but uh one show we didn't have to worry about not being bored with was nxt this week nxt this week presented the great american bash tons of matches there were three title matches on the card um overall what'd you think about great american bash I thought it was great. It was, we talked, like we were talking about earlier, there was not a single bad match on that card. Honestly, there wasn't even a single, like, average or okay match on the card. All of them were really good in completely different ways. So it was, yeah, it was an enjoyable two hours of wrestling. Was it two hours or one? Two hours. 
No, it was definitely two yeah. hours. And that was the yeah. one thing. It's actually good that you brought that up because that was the one thing I, I, I saw. I was like, this wasn't a takeover value show. It feels like this, it. it. But this this was like a boosted episode of, of NXT TV. Yeah, you like, I, there were times where I had to remember, I'm like, wait a minute, this is Tuesday, this isn't a Saturday or a Sunday, it's an actual, this is actual NXT TV, it's not a takeover, but they made it feel like a takeover. Yeah, because you were wondering, like, and, and you brought this up too, you were like, well, there wasn't a women's title match on the show, and yeah. there also wasn't a, a, a men's world title match on the show either. So yeah. again... So again, it was like it was like a takeover in the in the in the value of the matches themselves and the storylines. They brought you takeover level physicality and action in the ring. Um, but they they I think this was kind of smart. They were like, We're gonna give you a takeover level show, but not all the way, you know, we're gonna wet your whistle. Yeah. I think um and we can talk about this when we get to the women's match. It would have probably done Raquel Gonzalez a little bit better if she actually defended the title because I, I can't remember the last time i think the last person she defended it against was mercedes martinez was it no it was it was wasn't it? wasn't no it was ember, ember moon ember, ember okay. moon ember moon was there's, uh, the prob- there's the problem if i almost can't remember the last time she defended the title she's not defending it enough not very good but we'll get into that in the women's uh in the women's yeah. match but well the show kicked off with the tag match for the tag team titles it was msk defending the titles against timothy thatcher and tommaso Ciampa. and for as much as we talk about you know just two random people um forming a tag team this is a, a really good tag team between thatcher and tommaso Ciampa. yeah this is a good example of it actually working because they mesh together so well yeah, and, they had the same style. Yeah, and it showed in the match. Like, I mean, obvi- the obvious story going into that was MSK wanted the respect from Chompa and Thatcher, and I think they got it because... Yeah, I think so, too. It Honestly, it looked like to me almost like as the longer the match went on, the more Nash and uh, or Wesley and Nash Carter were learning Right. They were learning from Ciampa and Thatcher, and they were, like, getting better as the match went on. Yeah. And I yeah. like that they didn't end it on a clean finish where it was, yeah, we barely just got behind, or, like, past you guys. We got you on a roll-up, so see, we are smarter than you thought we were, and so now it'll be a clean finish. Well, not even a, you you know what I mean, though. Not, like, finisher, and then that's it. It was yeah. just roll-up. So I think next time is going to be, like, the definite finish of mm-hmm. a finisher or something. But I think this just proved that MSK can hang with the best in the business. And especially when it comes to Chompa, you're up there. You're pretty high up there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, he was he was, he was was NXT champion for a very long time. And they even alluded to the fact that he was a former tag team champion yeah. uh, with Johnny Gargano. So he definitely had the tag team experience. Um, for me, I think the cool thing about this match was that MSK got the hell beat out of him. Yes, by these by these two guys, they got the hell beat out of them, and they were able to work as a tag team to keep them at bay. As much as they got the hell beat out of them, the match really never got out of their favor. You know, it wasn't too far gone. Like they just pulled out, and maybe that's why the cradle pin worked. Because you know, I'm very critical of overusing a cradle pin to finish a match, but I feel like this is why it worked because. The match, MSK was getting the hell beat out of them, but they stayed in it mm. using tag team continuity, which I thought was a big thing. 
Um, they stayed within the match. They never let it get too far away. So when they found an opening, you know, it wasn't, oh, my God, how the heck? They were just getting the shit beat out of them, and then all of a sudden they picked up a cradle pin win. Yeah. No, they actually were working together, and they actually made it happen to get that inside roll-up win yeah. and retain the tag team titles. So yeah. I thought it was a great match, and I wouldn't mind seeing another one. Oh, I wouldn't either. I think we're going to get one. We'll probably get a rematch, I would assume, at the TakeOver before SummerSlam. I would That's think. true. I, I, I'm, yeah, because they haven't really talked about, uh, you know, they haven't really talked about a TakeOver for SummerSlam weekend, but we all know it should be coming soon anyway, and that'll be a great way to maybe elevate that card as well. Yeah. Uh, again, Wesley... Nash Carter, they retain the uh, tag team titles inside cradle on Tim Thatcher from Wesley, keeps the titles with MSK. So congratulations to those guys. Now we get an in-ring uh, promo segment, like a face-off between yeah. NXT champion Karrion Cross and his challenger for next week, uh, Johnny Gargano. For me, this segment was a little bit weird because yeah. of of carrying Cross's delivery in his promo lines. Yeah, it just felt, like you said, kind of off. And it didn't it, even really seem like Johnny <laughs> was too sharp on the mic either. It was like, it wasn't Cross and Cole level. Problem. No, no. But the, but the weird part for me was, he says he wakes up every day and he's got three things on his mind. How to keep the NXT champion, how to become uh, a... WWE champion on the main roster into main event WrestleMania. Yeah. I'm I've never ever heard an NXT superstar, much less the main champion, talk about his aspirations on the main roster level. So yeah. that's why for me it was a it was a little weird. Yeah, and it was it was also weird too when um Cross had said uh you do, what do you do when you wake up you put on your wife's jeans <laughs> that wasn't the line that got me what kind of like made me go okay this is kind of odd was johnny i was expecting him to say something about scarlet because you would think that would be the next logical step and it was oh yeah talking about my wife you couldn't even lace up her boots i'm like you had the perfect opportunity to say something about scarlet if you wanted to get under carrion's skin we've seen before go after mm. scarlet so why didn't you do that that's why i'm thinking it was not good timing on Gargano's part either. I maybe maybe I feel like maybe you're on to something that maybe the rest of the superstars haven't picked up that Scarlet is his one vulnerable weakness. Like the only one who's really gotten under his skin like that was Finn. Yeah, yeah, very true. So I don't know why Gargano didn't try going after Scarlet instead of just being like, Well, yeah, you couldn't even lace up my wife's boots. It's like, okay, that wasn't really as like as much of a burn as you thought it was you should have went after scarlet and then that would have made him even more upset because when he said the whole can't like couldn't even lace up the boot sign karen didn't even really look that upset at least yeah. i don't remember and then if you would have said scarlet he would have been pissed may like i said maybe you're on to something that that maybe we've figured out that <laughs> scarlet is his one weakness Pulling the most most thing again yeah we yeah. did kind of do that this week but That'll right. be for later in the NXT part and part of AEW. We'll get to that part. But <laughs> I feel like we're starting to talk things into existence. Yeah, we're pretty good at that. This is one reason why you should definitely be checking out uh, the podcast. But 
One big thing is next week is going to be a championship match. Cross will be defending the title against Johnny Gargano, and there will be a special guest referee in Samoa Joe. So that can't be, you know, something anyone would want to miss. No, that's going to be a pretty good match. I honestly think Samoa Joe is gearing up for at least one program. Yeah. I think so. I I feel feel like they're going to do something. Something's going to happen. It's not going to be like a clean finish because there's never such a thing as a clean finish when it comes to a special guest referee i think it's gonna get to a point where cross provokes him and then something happens because i just have a bad feeling cross is losing the title because we didn't think bronson reed was gonna lose the title to swerve i mean i would have wanted it to i didn't think it was gonna happen but bronson reed didn't bring up anything about going up to the main roster maybe he alluded to it after he lost but never why he was holding the well, title. Well, we haven't even seen him since. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I'm telling you, it, that was the weird part for me, was the fact that he had mentioned that he has aspirations to go up to the main roster, be WWE champion, and headline WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, it's just, to me, that was like, oh, man. Sounds like foreshadowing. Either, either, either it's foreshadowing or he's just playing with the internet because, you know, the internet was going crazy yeah. with these dark matches. I think he had a dark match against Dolph Ziggler, on SmackDown, but it could have been that they had to, they, being that they're going back on the road, they're going to need dark matches, you yeah. know, so they have to get everybody back in the swing of doing these sort of things. Oh, yeah. You know, because they've been, it's almost been like, what, I think I saw something close to like 500 days. Sounds about the, right, yeah. S- since they've been on the road road, like they're about to go on now. Yeah, so, it would have had to have been, I think, March of, I think it was actually around March of 2020, because, um, my mom and I were talking about it um, earlier today, actually. We had tickets for that Raw in Pittsburgh where S- Steve Austin was supposed to be in the building. Oh, really? And that was the last, that was the show that cut off. That was the show, the last where it's like, oh, yeah, sorry, we can't do this. So we missed going to that show by a week. If it would have wow. been the week before, we would have been able to go. But then the week before was when they're like, yeah, we can't hold live shows anymore. So, wow. yeah. Talk yeah. about tough break. You, you had the tickets in your hand and everything. Yeah, we had the we had the tickets bought. I think we didn't buy them right away, but it was like a last minute kind of thing. We're like, well, Stone Cold Steve Austin's gonna be there. That's always pretty cool to see in person. So we got. I'm pretty sure we got like cheap tickets. I don't even remember where we were. We were probably up in the upper bowl, but yeah. And then literally the week before the show, they're like, yeah, sorry, we can't hold live events anymore. It's like, okay, no. In terms of that, like, do they honor the tickets? Did they, you either got a full refund or were they like, whenever live events happen, we'll honor these tickets? I'm pretty sure they gave us a refund because I think it would have been pretty hard, I think, to um, honor them for a future event because at the time, (laughs) nobody knew when we were going to get any events again. So, yeah, I think we got a refund and then just ended up getting tickets to the Super Show in a few weeks. So, that's cool. That's cool. See how that goes. I think I, I I honestly think that WWE is going to step up their game. Oh, they're going I, to. I, ha- I I hope. One can only hope. They kind of have to because last time I checked, the tickets were not selling very well for the tour. Really? Yeah. They said they were yeah. having trouble selling them. I'm like, well, guys, I kind of can't imagine why because... Nobody cares about the product. Yeah, it's like, guys, I get that you want the live stuff to be the interesting thing, but you have to get people to care enough to go to the live event. You kind of have to 
give them a reason instead of just, well, you can wait and see what happens when you get there. It's like, no, you kind of have to give them some interest first. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah. Well, let's not get too sidetracked. We had, we we still have to finish uh, Great American Bash. We had a million dollar title match between, or or rematch rather, between champion L.A. Knight. He was taking on Cameron Grimes. Now, here's the little caveat. If Cameron Grimes loses, he becomes L.A. Knight's butler, which I thought was pretty nice. A nice little touch. He can be like his little Virgil now. Yeah, exactly. And I think once that stipulation was in place, we all knew Grimes wasn't winning. Right, right. Good point. There was no way, but it was still a pretty good match. And it was because you knew even that combined with the stipulation, just combined with the heel face dynamic, whatever, you knew Knight was going to do something shady and dirty to get the win i thought how he did that was brilliant the ddt on the belt and then just like throw it under the ring i thought that was great me too i thought it was because you think about it he wanted to use it in the match in the ring the referee took it away then when he went to go back for it he ends up fumbling it and it falls to the ground perfect position the action goes to the outside and then he hits the DDT without the referee even knowing that it's on the title. Yep. Brings him into the ring, hits that BFT headlock driver thing that he uses, and he ends up getting the win. Yeah. So, like you said, it was a brilliant way to finish off the match. And I'm just interested in seeing what LA Knight's going to have Cameron Grimes <laughs> do as yeah. his butler. I mean, as rich as Cameron Grimes is, he should probably figure out a way to pay somebody to do the stuff. You would think. But I guess that just goes to show you that even outside the ring and in it, between the two of them, L.A. Knight was the smarter guy. Cameron Grimes might have been the more tenacious one, but he got outsmarted by the Million Dollar Megastars. So you, at some point, we're going to get the rubber match between, well, not even the rubber match. We're going to get another match between these two at some point, and that's when Cameron will have his big win. But it was just, even now, it was too soon for him to win because they hadn't built it up yet. Or mm-hmm. not enough. So I think the next time will be his like big win, but it's gonna be a good match regardless the next time yeah. they face I feel off. like I feel like these two have really good chemistry when it comes to uh keep this story going and make it they more do. interesting. So I'm glad and I'm glad because as an old school fan we get to see more of the million dollar title. So it's always good for me. I'm just interested in seeing what LA Knight is gonna have Cameron Grimes do. Yeah. Um next up we have a match, a title match for the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships. The t- champions, the way Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell taking on the unlikely team. And we talked about this before a mashup of single superstars, yeah. Io Shirai and Zoe Stark. What'd you think of this match? I thought it was, a, I thought it was a pretty good match too. The only problem was the ending overshadowed the entire match. I think. Yeah. Because... Oh yeah. Most definitely. Which, um, to obviously the listeners, was the return of Tegan Knox. finally. I was so excited to see this. And I mentioned earlier, like five, ten minutes ago, that we kind of like talked things into existence this week. So we were sitting, watching the like early part of the Great American Bash, and they did the like phone charging thing. For the whole weeks they were doing this, I'm like, I don't know who this could be. Like, I don't Me either. I got yeah. no clue, like nothing. And we're literally sitting there, my mom and I, because we always watch the shows. I'm sitting there and it got to like 90 and then it went to 91. And I'm like, you know, 
I would really love if it was Tegan Knox, but I just don't know if she's cleared yet. I said, so I would just want in my heart of hearts for it to be Tegan. And then the lights go off uh, during the match. And then the battery comes up. I'm like, you can't be serious. Is it seriously her? And there she was. And I was excited because I've been waiting for Tegan to come back. And I hope that she was going to finally get that decent run in NXT. Mm. And, um, Obviously, we will talk later how that is not the case, but um, I thought it was very interesting. The thing I love about NXT is that they always know how to call back to feuds from, like, months or even years or so ago. Kind of like how they did with Mercedes Martinez and Xia Lee. You brought back the fact that Mercedes Martinez embarrassed Xia Lee in the Mae Young Mm -hmm. Classic. I love those moments when they do that, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I completely forgot they did that. And when they kind of like showed Candace looking like she had seen a ghost. I'm like, she's the <laughs> one that took her out storyline wise. So I'm like, Oh my God, I completely forgot. Right. And yeah, it was a great match because they were telling that story of how Io Shirai has had Candace's number for years now, but it's just a shame that Tegan coming back had to kind of um, spoil it a little bit because even after they pinned them, which first off, I don't, I did not predict EO and Zoe to win the titles at all. Me either. It was surprising. And even then it's like, they win it and they immediately go back to Tegan and Candace. Mm -hmm. And then after like five minutes of them wrestling, they're like, Oh yeah, you guys, here's the title. You guys won that match. It's like, you would have never remembered that they won, but Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I seeing Tegan come back as the happiest I've been seeing a wrestler return until the following night. (laughs) <laughs> we will get to that later but yeah i i'm definitely surprised they won it but then index came back index so index is back. is back love is real i hated that they did that during the commercial but <laughs> it's at least it happened so index is back love is real tegan Knox is back i thought that what they did with the the phone charging thing was kind of brilliant because the yep. whole time I'm either doing math, trying to figure out when this thing is going to be a full battery (laughs) or or trying to figure out who it was going to be. And I'm really happy it was Tegan Knox. She comes back, scares the hell out of Candice LeRae, who looks like she saw a ghost. Then Candice gets bumped out of the ring. Indy gets hit with the K360 from Zoe Stark. Zoe Stark gets the pin one, two, three, and we have new NXT women tag team champions. And like you said, I felt like the Tegan part kind of overshadowed a little bit, but I'm happy. I'm happy that Zoe Stark has a title. I feel like she's the future of the NXT women's division. She's, she's got some skill. Like you, you know, when you just see that untapped like potential, like, Oh, they got it there. Mm -hmm. You got something there. It's not there yet, but you got something there. That's how I feel about Zoe Stark. I feel like she can make a big, big impact for NXT and eventually the uh the main roster but sure. uh but uh moving on we go to the main event and this is why i i like this show because it was just important matches and it gave you takeover level stuff oh wait but we forgot the most input well sarcastically we the championship cipher from oh Hit i Row. forgot the cipher you know why because i saw the cipher and i'm like okay it was just like a concert. That's cool. Yeah. And then this morning when I was rewatching the show, getting my notes together, I kind of just glossed over <laughs> that. But I will I th- say this, and I, I will keep this as professional as possible, but I effing loved this segment. It was so good. 
Like, you don't see this at all in wrestling. I mean, granted, yeah, it was basically a glorified concert or championship celebration or whatever, but it was something new. It was fresh. It worked. It's, for me, it's just the, it. it's sort of the thing where, like, it's amazing how Triple H kind of just has his finger on what's cool. Yeah, and it's like, any of them in Hit Row could have easily, like, flubbed something there was nothing wrong with that. No, no, all. no. I've seen, I mean, come, you know, being a New York City kid, I've seen plenty of ciphers. I've seen plenty of rap battles. Yeah. Uh, and they they delivered everything as if they were a legit group, like yeah. a legit musical group. They weren't just rappers playing or wrestlers playing rappers. They were actually, they looked like they put in time and dedication into that craft. So that's And they all cool. did different things, too. Like, Top mm-hmm. Dollar did one version and then bfab did something else and then swerve with the speed rapping i always am yeah, like a he sucker got for speed rapping it was fantastic and it was cool to see him kind of get in that zone when it was time for him to come through like yeah. they put the mic in front of him and he was just in that element he was, was ready just, to it, go for me it was just again it's one of those things where triple h just knows what's cool mm-hmm. you know and he knows what can translate into cool things that's why it's kind of like damn man I'm an old school wrestling guy. You know, I grew up watching wrestling from the eighties till now. So I, I I selfishly have love for Vince McMahon, but when he finally decides to give the keys to triple H and Stephanie McMahon, we're going to see some really cool shit. We're going to see the the stuff we see on NXT, the continuity, Mm -hmm. the, 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 the homages to wrestling's past without being it overbearing. Yep. Um, and cool stuff like the cipher and poppy and yes. the the musical performances. Once we get that, because WWE can give that now, they can give that now. It's yep. just they don't want to. It's, I don't know if they don't want to, or it's just whoever makes the final. I mean, Vince makes the final decision, but there's a lot yeah. of things that there has to be somebody that's in his ear going. Don't do that. Do this. Well, don't do that. Yeah. Do this. Yeah. Let uh, here. Here's how I put it, and I was tasked by my mom to include this phrase at least once in this podcast. Okay. She said the easiest way to describe it is the show is written for an audience of one, and that one person is it's Vince McMahon. Yep, and it's always been that way. And it's kind of a shame because it's like just because it worked back then doesn't mean it works now. And some things work, some things don't. But. And- it, but it just it just it just kind of it just shows how much of an anomaly Vince McMahon really is. Yeah, because it's like you see flashes of brilliance and whatever. Mm-hmm. Like we always say, you see the writers on SmackDown and you see the writers on Raw, and it's like, what the heck's the difference? Like, how? Where's like, where's the disconnect between Raw and SmackDown? Because are you sure it's the same company putting both shows on? Because it yeah. doesn't seem like it. It really, it really is, but like, and the reason I say he's an anomaly is because you got certain people saying, well, Vince McMahon hates the fact that he's just a glorified wrestling promoter. He always wanted to be an entertainment promoter, which is why he's always heavy promoting the entertainment over the wrestling, which to to some degree is actually worked because Mm -hmm. no matter how you feel about it, he's built this global conglomerate company that is worth billions and billions of dollars. Yeah. So there is that flash of brilliance, like you say. It's just there are certain things where I don't think any 
76 or 78 year old man <laughs> is going to understand about the current climate of things. Mm -hmm. I think he understood it back in the attitude era because it was just he caught lightning in a bottle. Yeah. People in people in the attitude era wanted to see the the working man get one up on his boss who's always shoving his boot down the throat. That's why the attitude era worked. Exactly. Now now they have to figure out something to make this current era work and I don't know if they've figured it out yet. They had they had chances with guys yeah. like Alistair Black and <sighs> Keith Lee and oh stuff like that, but we'll get into that later. But it's just again the 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 hit row cipher shows the disconnect between NXT and the way NXT is ran mm -hmm. compared to the way the main roster is run. Absolutely. I think I think if the main roster because they, they there was the report that um Vince McMahon was going down to the performance center himself with, you know, a couple of his yes men to do some scouting. And yeah. maybe that could have alluded to why certain people were called up a little bit early this week. But hopefully, yeah. if anything, he took away how things are ran yeah. and the creative process behind that because it can only make things better. That would be nice, but... We'll see. We'll see. We can't always hope for nice things, but we yeah. get to the main event of Great American Bash. This was a straight-up wrestling match between Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole. No stipulations, just whoever can get the one, two, three pin. And I got to say, I really enjoyed this match for the simple fact that it was different from all the other kind of Adam Cole matches where kind of spot fest for spot fest, mm -hmm. kick out for kick out. This one was a, a little different. This They both decided they wanted to work each other's knees. Yep. There were there was some ground and pound, some grappling, some real wrestling. And it's something we usually don't see out of Adam Cole. No, and I'm glad we did because it was, like you said, a great match. And honestly, I enjoyed it a lot more than their first match. Mm -hmm. I did too. their first match, it wasn't bad per se, but I think the problem was towards the end, it just got to the point of, Okay, when are we ending this match? It was it was too long. It was way too long for the first match. This one was just they gave him enough time. They utilized that time to its fullest potential and I think the right person won even though a loss probably wouldn't have hurt Cole in the slightest, but it definitely hurts Kyle because it's like where do we go now? I mean, we know there's going to be a third match because 50-50 booking, we love the third rubber matches, whatever. Mm -hmm. But if Cole ends up beating O'Reilly the next time, what are they going to do with them? What kind of message does that send that literally a few months ago you were like main event card tier level talent, but now, okay, well, it's not really. And it just kind of has seemed off since he lost to Finn. Mm. It just doesn't seem right, and I don't know what it is, but... um. Yeah, I still think Adam should have won because, and it, I don't know if you caught this too, but I kind of caught it a little bit during the uh, MSK match too with Ciampa and Thatcher. I'm pretty sure at one point in that match, they started saying you still suck to Kyle. Really? I'm pretty sure that's what they were saying because I'm kind of sitting there because I noticed it in that first tag match where they were starting to turn on MSK a little bit. You started to hear them booing him. And really? they kind of were doing the same yeah, thing. Kyle. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, damn, I didn't think that, okay, you guys are a rowdy crowd tonight. And I think it's just it's just the popularity of Adam Cole. Like, I guess. He's just cool. Like, 
it's different from the like what we talked about with M- MJF getting you know mm-hmm. like a fan wanting to rush the ring you know because yeah. obviously MJF knows how to rowdy that crowd up oh, so yeah. but it's not the same level it's not respect heel you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. with with Adam Cole it's like he's a bad guy but damn he's so good he's yeah. so good so and, and he and he makes everything cool he's got that he's got that swagger about him where he knows like he he's he's the shit you know yeah. he, he knows he's the best on nxt i think i think people are hungry for an an adam cole nxt championship ring like they got before yeah and i think that's why they kind of maybe have been siding with adam cole over these uh these matches because they realize like they they want him to be top tier, the best, yeah. the alpha male, you know. It is, I don't. I just didn't expect him to start chanting "You still suck to Kyle," though. That was kind of surprising. It, it's it's Florida crowd, man. Florida Florida is a weird place. It, you it, know, it, it, it definitely <laughs> is. It is just I don't know. They're they're a different breed out there. It's just like they like <sighs> what they like. Um. You know, the one thing is at least they're passionate about it. You yeah. know, and you know that's the one thing I think we've missed as, as wrestling fans is is seeing that passion. Um, it's just you're it's right. Gonna be, it was, it's going to be it, cool to see like live crowds again, and then it's going to be a whole other level to finally experience a live crowd again because it's yeah. just been so long. It just yeah. you want to feel that energy and that passion and just. Close to 500 days of no crowd. Yeah. That was the weirdest thing. And I know we're kind of deviating a little bit, but think about it. It was wrestling shows to an empty arena the entire show. Yeah. And even if you had, like, for the Performance Center, you had a couple of the Performance Center, like, people in there, it still didn't feel the same. Like, those big moments that happened deserve to happen in front of tens of thousands of people not a couple dozen or even a dozen like it's just, it was just so weird and it just it it just had a weird feeling to it and now like after we've seen the crowd in AEW in Miami that's what we want again that's what we're used to as wrestling fans is that wild crowd and those reactions and the cheers and the boos and the chants and everything it's just going to be fun to see it again definitely but uh going back this was a great main event uh i expect now that it, it is one and one with cole picking up the win at great american bash yep. he hits uh o'reilly with the panama sunrise and follows it up with the last shot to pick up the win i fully expect there being a rubber match maybe uh for SummerSlam, but i feel like this one is going to have a stipulation with it because they did the yeah. they did the unsanctioned match which technically doesn't count as a match yeah. So they could really go back and put any stipulation on it. You could and do, old, do old reliable two out of three falls. Two, two, I would like a two out of three falls. I, I would, feel like I, would too. I I feel like if they did a two out of three falls, it would be right up Cole's alley, and then we would see more of the Adam Cole that we're used to. You know the yeah the the shocked face after somebody kicks out of his finisher like for the fourth time in the match. <laughs> yes. But overall, I thought Great American Bash was great. It was it was like getting a takeover, but not really getting a takeover. It yeah. was like if you're not if you're not subscribed to the Peacock where you can get these exclusive shows, here's a reason why you should. And I think NXT did a really, really good job of that. Yeah, I think they did for sure. And 
like I said, I love those shows where it feels like this could easily be a takeover card. Mm-hmm. And they still brought that takeover energy to a TV show. So I was perfectly happy from start to finish. Awesome, awesome. So was I. So moving on to the other side of the wrestling world. Oh, we've been waiting for this. Over in all elite wrestling. There was there was pretty much we had a we had an in ring debut for Andrade El Idolo, which was it was decent. It wasn't too great. It, no, I think it I almost think... made Matt Seidel look better going out of it. You think so? I think so. I will say though, he still looked good in the ring. I mean, mm-hmm. of course. I have to say I did love his I mean, a lot of people were kind of like split on his like entrance gear and his ring gear. I loved it. As a Batman DC Comics fan, I knew exactly what he was going for. It was oh, Roman Sionis black yeah. mask. I'm like, I know I didn't exactly even think what that about is. that. And it's funny because I love having those aha moments and then my poor mom's like what's that i'm like we've seen birds of prey roman sionis you know who that oh and she's like oh yeah now i know it's like wow i love no i love when they do that because like the nerd in me picks up on that and i love that it was just it was cool but yeah the match itself was okay it could have been better it could have been better definitely yeah i i thought i thought like he did i here's the weird thing we don't know what the situation is with Andrade, but there was one part where they were like, well, he's going to have creative control mm-hmm. over stuff he wants to do. And then they were like, no, he's not. And then yeah. it's so it, it, when you have that in the back of your mind, I mean, obviously we don't think that Matt Seidel is going to beat Andrade in no. his, Andrade's debut match. No. It Absolutely just felt not. like, it, it just felt like they couldn't get out of the gates with the chemistry is all. No. Yeah, it just had that, like, off feeling to it, but I'm sure that will hopefully improve as he yeah. runs more in AEW. I'm just interested in seeing, because I, I really want a Kenny Omega-Andrade match. Oh, yeah. How are they going to make that happen? And you know how uh, Kenny Omega has been able to bring in the elite Mm-hmm. Uh, with the good brothers and everything like that, and they run with the young bucks, and so the elite bullet club is in AEW. What about having Los Ingobernables mm-hmm. from which I mean, Andrade is a founding member yeah. of Los Ingobernables, yeah. and and people like Naito even said if it wasn't for Andrade looking out for me while I was in Mexico on my excursion and bringing me into Los Ingobernables, I wouldn't be where I am today. So anytime he, Naito even said this in a publication, anytime Andrade needs us or wants to be back in Los Ingobernables, all he's got to do is let me know. Oh, that would be something else. My mind, just thinking about it and watching him in the ring, because this is a man who is trying to get back to his old alter ego as best as possible for the States, because we really, unless it was mm-hmm. NXT, we really didn't get to see the greatness of what La Sombra was when he was in new Japan and wrestling in Mexico and what made him come to the WWE. But now that he doesn't have somebody telling him, no, you can't do this move. You got to do this move. You got to do this move. You know, now that he doesn't have those shackles, we're maybe really going to see his greatness. So I'm really excited for that. Yeah, I'm excited to see what he does, too, because, like you said, it always feels sometimes like WWE constricts and constrains the some of the wrestlers, so for some of them to get more creative freedom, I am uh, 
excited about that, especially because of somebody I think we're talking about next, because mm-hmm. you and I have been waiting since Wednesday night to talk about this man. Mm-hmm. And that is none other than Malachi Black. Malachi Black. Probably with the biggest... I I want to say this was a really, really big swerve. I don't want to overdo it, but mm-hmm. man, this oh. man swerved the hell out of the entire wrestling world he did because nobody had any idea i must say though i was told by my mom that i had to give her credit because she talked it into existence she's like it would be really cool if at the obviously at the time tommy n would show up in aew i'm like i don't i said i'm sure he will at some point but we all thought he wasn't uh he was still in the 90 day no compete clause so but he wasn't. That was oh, that was funny. The clerical error is what freed him. And the, I'm like, it, isn't that ironic? For those that don't know, basically WWE done goofed. That's they exactly did. that's exactly what my when I when I explained it to my brother, he's like, Whoa, WWE really they goofed. They goofed. Yeah, they did. When, when you go from NXT and NXT, let's say you get released in NXT, which really doesn't happen often, but if you do you get a 30-day no-compete clause. If you go from NXT to the main roster, that 30-day no-compete clause clause is supposed to turn into a 90-day no-compete clause. Until it doesn't. Until it doesn't because somebody didn't do it. Whoever that person is, I guarantee you, has been fired. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because... Like, how do you not know that? He was on the main roster for two years, and no one didn't think to check. <laughs> they didn't like what is with you guys but no i oh my god okay so when aw was on wednesday i mm-hmm. didn't get to watch live cody's match with qt marshall so i was doing something i came back into the living room and mom's like oh yeah cody won i'm like yeah of course he did because you know whatever i'm not surprised so <laughs> then they had Arn come in talking to um tony and the light when the lights went out mom's like okay this is weird this is the second time they've done this it happened in the match with cody so she's like i don't know if this is like on purpose or i don't know if this is like actual like weather issues like well because they yeah because they did have weather issues out there and so then he shows up and i'm like i can't repeat most of what we were saying but i'm like (laughs) You can't be serious. Is he actually here? I'm surprised you didn't hear us screaming over in Jersey because <laughs> we were loud. Because I'm like, there is no... How is he here? That, yeah. We, I just... Because oh, we thought... Our theory before we realized that WWE had a bit of a goof was we thought that maybe with Zelina going back to SmackDown, one of her conditions was, okay, if I'm coming back, let him go. Mm. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say, if I'm coming back, bring him back. I mean, I feel like he never, he didn't want to come back, because I think in one of his Twitch streams, he had said, at least for now, I'm not going back to WWE. I feel better mentally than I have in a long time. Right. So, I, and it's weird. It's weird for me, because, I'm, and maybe this is because, again, I grew up on WWE. Yeah. So I'm always going to be impartial to WWE as much as I love wrestling. Mm-hmm. So like for me it's weird because I'm excited for him and I should be even more excited because he's going to have the shackles to basically 
bring his creativity to AEW, which is something he's never been able to do in WWE. And that's something we saw with that little short film that he brought to us before he actually debuted. He got all of us, let's be honest, because we were talking about it earlier. You were in the same boat my mom and I were. We watched it and we're like, okay, yeah, that's a cool video. Not thinking anything of it. We just thought it was a cool video. And then there he is. I thought I, I thought something was up. You know, want to know why? why? Because Moxley did the same thing. Mm, he did. Yeah. Mo- Moxley did the same thing when he when he um first debuted for New Japan with the uh with the the Moxley time videos and then um you know breaking out of prison and stuff like that. Yeah. For me, it was like okay, he's doing something to show off his creativity. Yeah. And then it's it's this thing where he's talking about malachi and the you know he's having a borderline personality disorder i thought he was just changing his name because i thought it was like kind of the whole ruby rye going to ruby soho i thought it was just okay this is what i'm gonna go as now on the indies and i'm like oh that's cool and then but but then they were still doing the eye thing yeah so i thought that i thought that was like okay maybe maybe he is coming back but then when this happened at first during the cody match when i saw the lights go out i'm like oh it's definitely him but then they were like well you know it's florida we've yeah. been having weather issues they had a hurricane or a tropical storm so yeah. i thought that made sense and then when it happened the second time and he's just standing there in the ring i'm like oh, yes. holy crap and this- i uh, i it just that and then the video showed how creative he is and he knows what continuity means because if you go back and watch that video they keep talking about the last five years, the last five years. Well, that's as long as he was in WWE. Mm-hmm. And then when he still, I love that he still has the eye thing going. I think it's cool. I think it's unique. And I love how they added the like bruised looking black eye going down his cheek kind of thing when he yeah. debuted. And I, the thing I love the most was when the doctor in the video was saying, oh, yeah, you probably shouldn't be fighting with the other inmates, especially Matthew, which is Buddy Murphy's real name oh really yeah so i'm like i see what you did there i see what you did there you're sneaky and i'm just amazed that AEW got this over on basically everyone because you go on twitter nobody had any idea not even jim ross he didn't even know because he was on um (laughs) what podcast was it the i think it was AEW's unrestricted podcast or no he was on busted open he was Uh on busted opens podcast and he's like i had no idea he said that he, somehow he, they had him hidden away in the back somewhere. He right. said, I did not see him at all in the afternoon. So the first time I saw him was when he showed up in the ring. And I'm like, that's honestly good because then that gives the announcers a chance to have a genuine reaction instead of right. scripted because it's more real. Obviously. The only thing, the only thing that I would say to that though, is it kind of led to a little confusion because then Excalibur is going, oh, that's. Tommy M. Yeah. I wrestled him 15 years ago in Germany, but he doesn't look like Tommy N. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, oh, that's if that's not Tommy N. Who is it? It's Malachi Black. So yeah, that was a little like confusing about it, but um, just in general, I think it's always better when the announcers can kind of be surprised. Be, yeah, because it's a way more genuine of a reaction, and yeah, but oh god, we could talk about this for the rest of the podcast. I think because I am just. And you are excited to see him. I'm I'm what makes me excited is, 
you couple his debut and being unshackled in AEW, and you couple that with the creativity of his Devil Made Me Do It video, mm-hmm. this guy is going to bring some different stuff. I don't know if a lot yeah. of people are ready for it. No, I think it, no. I think we are because yeah, we're, we're, we're we into that sort of weird, like, occultist yep. sort of art and imagery. So that's why I love the video so much because it was right up my alley. And that's what I told you. I was like, it's right up my alley. Even yeah. down to even down to the merchandise that they've released for yeah. Malachi Black in AEW is right up my alley. It's something that I would buy that yeah. I would wear anyway. And I love that because um, he had talked to when he got released where he was talking about it. It's just just him talking about all the ideas he had showed you how creative this man actually is where oh, well, depending on who I was wrestling, my gear might be different. Or every time I wrestled somebody, something in my gear had, like, something to do with them or had something to do with, like, how I felt about them. I'm like, most wrestlers do not think that deeply about their opponents on a weekly basis. So for him to do that with literally every match he had, the, oh, good Lord, the amount of creativity he has and what the potential he has now in AEW is incredible. And I cannot wait to see it. The only downside is freaking Cody. <laughs> he yeah. has to he has to shoehorn his way into another another debut match. Uh, and I, I, you know what? I used to I used to really be really high on Cody, but yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't mind him taking the L on this one. Yeah, I hope he takes the he takes a loss on this because what good would it do for him to right. win? Like, come on, right. Kick him, give him, give him, give him the black mask kick or whatever. Yeah. Just give him another one. Just give him another, another good one. But Malachi Black, I see big things happening for Malachi Black, and I feel like this really, uh, I hope, kind of shifts the tide for wrestling yeah. and makes WWE wake up and go, okay, we need to utilize our talent mm-hmm. more because they're going to other places and we're losing out on tons of this creative ideas that we could capitalize on monetarily, which yeah. is what WWE does. Yeah. <laughs> is, they, it's, oh. is they capitalize on ideas monetarily and then they own them mm-hmm. and then they take away your life uh, <laughs> and your soul. All right. So that was the big thing for AEW. Um, I don't, I can't even remember. Like, honestly, like I said, it overshadowed like Malachi Black's <laughs> debut overshadowed everything on the show, including a really, really good main event between mm-hmm. the Young Bucks, Penta, and Eddie Kingston. It overshadowed Andrade's in-ring debut. It really just that's what they're they're gonna if they didn't realize that they had to put all their eggs in this basket right now, mm-hmm. they're going to realize it come next week when it's time for whatever show they're putting on and people are just going to be wanting to see malachi black i already bought the new malachi black shirt i'm on you bought it did your mom mom buy? we both bought it that night because we're sitting there and it was like 10 minutes after that whole segment i'm like i'm looking online right now because i guarantee you he has a shirt and i pulled Mm. it up and i'm looking at it and i apparently had this look on my face and she's like what's it look like and so i showed her and she looked at me and she looked at the shirt and she's like buy it and so we <laughs> my, both have it now my, my brother looked at it he didn't even know i bought one he looked at it, he goes oh that's gonna sell out instantly and i was right. like good thing i already got mine yeah and before we go off AEW, the one thing i do remember obviously the main event was fantastic but the one thing that i cannot stop remembering was Britt baker's promo 
when she mentioned oh well then maybe next week we'll have dynamite in saudi arabia and i'm like oh brit you went there you actually went there there." and oh boy i'm like that i was not expecting that honestly and maybe that was the point where it's like you knew she always did the like that was her like initial role model thing was like the conspiracy theory and whatever so it made sense for her promo i was just surprised she did it she i mean that's the one thing in aew i mean if you feel it say it you know and i feel like that's what's missing in wwe is that that reality there's that reality that's missing there's that 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 willingness to go there yeah and i think it it's a fine line though too because the more aew does it the more they kind of come across as that like little brother that's like poking at wwe like oh acknowledge me acknowledge Acknowledge me i'm I'm here and it's like they don't care that's the thing so it's like i get that i get you're trying to get the crowd reaction but it's like after a while it's just kind of like okay yeah another wwe like jab like whatever we've heard this 10 times before it's like that's the thing though it's like if you're if whatever and, and this goes past wrestling whatever you're doing if you're the number one at whatever you do don't acknowledge the number two. There's no yeah. reason to. Yeah. There's no reason to. AEW has a lot of potential, and they're doing a lot of things right. Mm-hmm. They're doing a lot of things right that TNA didn't do right. Yeah. They do, they're doing a lot of things right that WCW didn't do right, but they're also doing a lot of things that could get them in a, a lot of hot water. Mm-hmm. You gotta kind of have to cap off your talent. You know, yeah. you can't go out and grab every single person or give every single person a job because... Yeah. Now they have, now they have, they're going to have another show coming. They yeah. already have AEW Dark, which Dark I don't Elevation. even watch. Yeah, because I don't watch that. I don't watch, because yeah. I, I was like, because I figured, should I watch it? And then I asked what kind of show it is. And my friends over in the UK are like, it's like 16 matches and they're all like two minutes long. Yeah, honestly, it's like, I don't watch it live if there's like a specific person that's on it that I like. Like if Chris Statlander's wrestling i'll watch it afterwards i just won't watch it live because i've written about it before and that could be a whole other rant where it's like it's just something about dark and dark elevation i just can't really get with because it's like it's massive there's so many wrestlers like you already know who's gonna win so it's like why are we watching this it's Mm. it's iffy but yeah it's like they got oh yeah it's it's something they gotta they gotta cap off the talent yeah, they got they, they got to cap off the talent and just go with what they got. And anybody that's looking for a job, I mean, you better be like former world champion mm-hmm. because if not, then you're we're not separating ourselves from from the other guys. Yeah, you can't be WWE 2.0, and I kind of think they're starting to run the risk of doing that. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so. every every person that comes off of WWE, they get to release. It's like. And it's a miracle they haven't picked up Ruby Soho or anybody else. I mean, there I, were tons. Uh, selfishly, there were, I want her to go there. But I, what about guys it, like Fandango, Tyler Breeze that just got released? Um, you know, uh, August Gray, who's back on the indies now. Yeah, so, it's like it's tough because like I don't want to be that fan where it's like every time somebody from WWE gets released, the first thing you think of is okay, they can go to AEW now. It's like they don't have to. Right. Right. Because they don't have to. You're gonna literally turn into what WWE had to do, where you stockpile all this talent just to stick it to the other pro- like competition, and then all of a sudden, 
oh, we have like 10 spots and we have like 50 people, then some people that probably deserve bigger spots aren't going to get them. And then you're going to make the fans mad again. Like, that's a very good don't point. Don't hoard the talent. Like, you should have, like, WWE literally, you just learned, don't hoard the talent. Look what they're doing right now. Like, don't do it. Yeah, because then I, the, I don't know if the EVPs had the same amount of business goal to like fire people you know what i'm saying because the evps are kenny omega the young bucks and cody so it's like how do you tell one of the people that you hired like could possibly be one of your friends that um we don't need you anymore yeah see you bye but that's AEW. uh honestly they're on a big big roll they're on the momentum i probably damn going up against great american bash i mean it's not the same day but most of the wrestling world is talking about malachi black yeah, Which I mean they're talking about Yeah, it's like they're talking about him, and then I think as like a show in general, I think they were because I said um because obviously Busted Open always does like their weekly winner. Mm. I still would have picked NXT. NXT. Really? Yeah, I mean obviously we love Malachi, obviously because we've spent the last however long talking about him. But we, we love Malachi. That's the name of the episode. We do. Right that's that, that's what it is. We we are stands of Malachi Black, but. I just the wrestling overall and all that stuff. I just think NXT consistently from top to bottom had the better show because yeah. some stuff worked with AEW on Dynamite and others didn't. Obviously, Malachi did, but some of the other matches weren't as on par. I didn't think as NXT's. I love your I love your natural unbiased. See, because that's the thing that drives me nuts with some wrestling fans in the community where it's like, you have to be WWE or you have to be AEW. It's like, why can't we be both? Why can't we just be wrestling fans? Why can't we be wrestling? Yeah. It's like, how about we just enjoy wrestling and not have to pit a war against everybody. And and I will always say this to I'm blue in the face. Wrestling is a subjective form of entertainment where Mm -hmm. something you like might not be something that I like, but that's okay. You're allowed to have a difference in, and what you enjoy. Just don't and be a if, jerk about it. Yeah, exactly. And it, uh, it's it's as simple as if somebody goes, well, I didn't like that. If you really cared, you could you could go, okay, well, what was your reasoning? And then maybe yeah. they'll drop some, some informative nuggets on you. And you could be like, okay, I see that. And that's how opinions are respected. It's, you called, know? Or, poli- it's called polite discourse. I think that's something that a lot of people do not understand. Yeah, yeah. There can be a polite discourse between wrestling fans and wrestling companies. And we're so gung-ho about this company being better than that company. I would love to see both companies work together. That would be fantastic. I don't know how they would make it work, (laughs) but they could. Yeah. And it would be awesome, but we'll never get that way if we keep, you know, if we're letting this discourse get jumbled the way we do. Yep, exactly. Well, moving on, leaving AEW, heading over back to WWE land, we had SmackDown uh, yesterday, and another fantastic episode of SmackDown. Uh, It was basically like I was explaining it to you before we started recording. SmackDown does this thing where they have one big story, Mm -hmm. right, which is like Roman Reigns. He's the big story, the head of the table, the bloodline, the family. That's the big story. They break that into little mini stories throughout the show, like what's going on with, with Jey Uso, we had the situation with Jimmy Uso. It was very interesting to see Jimmy Uso within the first two seconds of the program with his personal issues. Yeah. Um, but then 
it all coincides with the one big story in the bloodline. But then you also have like these little mini stories, like Otis being a destructive force. Mm-hmm. You have Liv Morgan fighting Sonya Deville because huh. she's being overlooked, which we'll get into in yeah. a little bit. But it's it's it, as you said before, there's that disconnect where Raw is what Raw is. We talked about it already, but SmackDown is such a different show. Yeah, and it's always funny to me because I still think WWE sees Raw as like it's a plus flagship show, and nine times out of ten, it's actually SmackDown every week. Right. So I don't know again why you can't have the same quality storylines and writers on Raw that you do on SmackDown, but apparently we can't split the time, so <laughs> I don't know. Well, but before we get into SmackDown Big Story, we rounded out the final competitors for the Money in the Bank ladder match at the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. Um, defeating Cesaro in, on SmackDown earlier was Seth Rollins, so he was the final competitor, so now we have all eight. We have on Raw, we have Ricochet, Riddle, john morrison and i always do this i always forget ricochet drew mcintyre he's the fourth on smackdown we have king nakamura who qualified beating baron corbin then we have um there's so many people big e kevin owens and now seth rollins seth rollins the only man in the match who has the experience of cashing in a money in the bank briefcase and winning the money and the uh, winning the championship because of the contract, but you say Big E's going to be the one to take it home. I think I think he should because that could just be. I, I think it's just his time. I think, like we always said, it's kind of like the Royal Rumble in the way where Money in the Bank can help establish a new star or just finally push someone who's kind of like right there over the edge. And I think Biggie's at that point now. I think it's just his time. He deserves to finally have his time in the main event spotlight and actually carry a championship because he's capable of doing it. Clearly. Most, most, most definitely. So yeah, I'm thinking Biggie's gonna take it home. Hopefully, it's this is crazy. It's eight men. Um, I'm sure there's been eight men Money in the Bank briefcase ladder matches before, but you got guys like Ricochet and John Morrison in there that are gonna be doing some crazy stuff. Uh, this is going to be a chaotic match. Oh yeah, it's going to be a car wreck. But, but they, if if they do it right, Big E could be one of those, like you said, that the Money in the Bank briefcase could be uh, a stepping stone into yeah. bigger and better things for him. So let's hope. Now over on the women's side, um, we get more competitors into the Money in the Bank ladder match for the women. This one being yeah. very very interesting. It's um, cool. this it's was a sad. wild one. Yeah, this it's it's a little bit of sad news which pertaining to Bailey. Um Bailey during training at the performance center, I believe she tore her ACL. Yeah, I think that's what I heard too. And she will be out at least 9 months. So uh, obviously her match with Bianca Belair which was supposed to be an I quit match is no longer going to be happening. Now Sonya Deville who is the WWE official made the announcement that there won't be the match on Money in the Bank. But it'll actually happen on the first SmackDown with the crowd. And Bianca Belair will be defending the SmackDown Women's Championship against Carmella, which I thought was very interesting. I did, too, because I get that you want, like, the first, because I'm pretty sure it's next week. You want the first match in front, like, big, like, women's title match in front Mm -hmm. of fans next week to be big, obviously, because it's a big deal. The crowds are back. Mm -hmm. So 
I was a little disappointed that it was Carmella. I was expecting Sasha Banks. Oh, see, that would have been great. So it's like, I didn't even think about that. Why would you not pick her? I mean, it was good because then at least we got Liv finally in the Money in the Bank match. And I'm mm. so glad that Liv came out and basically was like, this is a load of crap. <laughs> she can just get a title match. And I've been I've beaten her twice already. And I've beaten Zelina Vega. And why can I not get in? And I loved how... Um, I loved how Sonya handled that promo. That sounded like a true heel, like authority figure yeah, in WWE, definitely. where it's like, if you would have let me finish, I would have told you you're in the match. Now you have 30 seconds to get the hell out of my ring or else you're not going to get another opportunity. And I thought it was kind of interesting how Liv didn't do that right away. She looked at <laughs> Carmel and said, well, if you win, be careful, because if I when I win it, I'm cashing in on you. And then she has that stare down with Bianca when she comes out. So I thought it was good. But then then here comes the problem of you still have two more spots to fill on the SmackDown side for the yeah, women. Because I think I think that just shows you how much that Bailey's injury changed things. Because mm -hmm. I think what would have happened was they would have named somebody this week. Whether it be like Mia Yim or somebody, which I mean, I'm still mm. hoping Mia Yim's like somebody in the match, but I would have expected next week, Sonya would have went to like go say something and Liv would have interrupted her and been like, no, I'm tired of this, like put me in the match. And she would have been the last one in, obviously. But now that she's technically the fifth woman in the match now, who are you going to put in? Or sixth. Who are you going to put in as the other two? Like, this is what we talked about with the thinning of the herd of the women. Yeah, and it's like, and obviously we'll get to how we got some reinforcements coming, but honestly, I would not be surprised or opposed to, like, obviously Liv's happy. She's finally in the match. You'd see her posting about it all over social media. I'd be ecstatic, too. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, next week... She has like a segment or something backstage with Sonya, or like she calls so like live into the office and she's like, Look, I gave you this match. You've been in like typical delusional heel fashion. You've been cocky all over social media. You haven't stopped talking about it. I'm really tired of like you rubbing it in people's faces and being cocky about it. So you know what? I'm gonna go in this match and I'm gonna teach you a lesson. Oh. Or the fact that she didn't technically get out of the ring right away last or yesterday she said you have 30 seconds to get out of my ring and i'm pretty sure Liv did not get out of the ring in 30 seconds so mm -hmm. sonya could pull that like delusional authority figure where it's like if you want to be cocky about this and you know whatever then i'll teach you a lesson i'd love to see sonya in the match i don't know if she's going to be but i'm just glad Liv's finally in because we've talked about it before that i think she should win it regardless of who else gets thrown in mm. but but then we got those call-ups from... Yes, the call-ups. And I was... <laughs> I was happy and then confused at the same time. Because I also hated, like, when they were advertising it. Oh, Natty and Tamina have been challenged by two women who are making their WWE debuts. I'm like, are you serious? It's like, guys, you do realize NXT is a part of WWE, right? <laughs> because we all knew they were coming from NXT. It was just a matter of what combination right. it was going to be. And I was, wasn't was surprised at Shotzi, but I was very surprised Tegan Knox was called up. And I was happy. I was kind of happy they won. Granted, the match was 
too short and a little sloppy. But now I'm just kind of confused because on yeah. one end you have Tegan Knox who just came back two days mm -hmm. ago or three days ago, costs Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell the tag titles. Mm -hmm. Everyone expects Tegan and Candice to now finally have their feud. Now she's on SmackDown three days later. Yeah. So is she going to pull double duty between SmackDown and NXT for a few weeks or a month or so or whatever? And then you have Shotzi where at the Great American Bash, you literally had Raquel and Dakota talking about, okay, well, we need to teach her and Ember Moon a lesson. I'm tired. We're tired of dealing with them, whatever. And then poor Ember Moon gets the shaft because now your tag team partner's gone. Yeah. So I don't know what they're doing. Um, we I knew we were going to talk about this a little bit, kind of like tie NXT into it. It's kind of weird where I don't know what they're doing with the women's title scene because it almost sounded like they might have had Shotzi going after Raquel for the title now because we're going to finally put her out of like on the shelf for good but now she's on Smackdown so now what are you going to do with the women's title and I think some people might be surprised that Dakota Kaisel hasn't gotten called up yet but you and I were talking before I'm thinking maybe she kind of has maybe that like Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa mindset of not wanting to go to the main roster mm -hmm. because she's seen what's happened to some of the women that have gotten called up that had success down in NXT and kind of right. didn't get the same treatment on the main roster because she's honestly I feel like one of if not the longest tenured woman on that roster she's been here since 2017 mm -hmm. I think Raquel might be too because I think they both came in during the Mayon Classic so they've been around for a while yeah and I don't know. I'm just thinking my quick thing for the NXT women's division or like title scene is that I'm still thinking at some point they're going to break Dakota and Raquel up. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are expecting Dakota to turn on Raquel because she's jealous because she doesn't have the title. Mm -hmm. I'm starting to think it might be the other way around where Dakota's going to get turned on by Raquel and Raquel's the jealous one because I'm the title holder. I'm the champion. And yet everybody's talking about you. That that's, seems like that's, that's the, a good theory. That's literally like the only thing I can think of because you just called up two of your potential challengers right there. You called up Shotzi and you called up Tegan. So now it's like, what do you guys do? So it makes me wonder if those two weren't meant to get called up, Tegan and Shotzi, maybe they weren't supposed to get called up right away, but then Bailey's injury kind of sped everything up. Mm -hmm. I think, well, there were reports that, like I said earlier, Vince and a couple of his guys were going to go down to the performance center and kind of scout talent. And I think that could be what it was. He mm -hmm. saw potential in Shati. He saw potential in Tegan Knox, And he said, I need women on the roster now. And yeah. sorry, Triple H. Yeah. So it's like, I kind of feel bad for NXT because it's like, okay, now what are you guys going to do? Because I was so excited to see Tegan do more stuff in NXT. I was excited for her feud with Candice. I was hoping they would kind of like run back her feud with Dakota. And now it's like, I don't think we're getting that. And then poor Ember and Shotzi were a great tag team. Now that's probably not going to happen anymore. And then that, the that's NXT what I thought was like, why, why bring up Tegan when you could just bring up Ember and avoid yeah. that whole mess for now. And it's like, I get it to a degree because Tegan and Shotzi had teamed before, but that wasn't the established team now. Right, exactly. And 
then to add on top of it, now you call up Tony Storm and poor Saray's not going to finally get her match with Tony, which would have been a fantastic match. Well, they did say coming soon, so they didn't put a definitive date on her on her coming up to the roster. They just said mm-hmm. coming soon. So hopefully Saray gets uh, those ma- that at least that one match. And that's hopefully. another thing, too, is I kind of forgot Saray kind of existed. Yeah, like, what are they doing with her where it's just like, okay, I, I want a match, and that's it. It's like, you guys touted her so highly, and now it's like, okay, like, <laughs> you you could, why can't you have her have a match with Eo or another one with Zoe, or something? It's just like, why is she sitting in the back not doing anything? You guys have a very talented woman, ready to fight, clearly, and you're not using her, so what the heck? It's just an overabundance of talent is what I say. Yeah. I, I feel like it's an overabundance of talent and just got a lot going on. Um, but moving away from the SmackDown call-ups, uh, the big story, the head of the table, the tribal mm-hmm. chief, he finally has manipulated his way into reforming the bloodline at full capacity. This means that he's kind of like Thanos, <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. He finally got the last the last stone, and that stone was Jey Uso, who's back. Although, to close out this SmackDown, things didn't look in their favor. It looked like they were in trouble. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but it closes out with Edge alternating, putting on cross phases between Jimmy and Jay, and then Roman just leaves. Yeah. See, and that, it's just... It always blows your mind because from a fan's perspective, you're like, okay, Jimmy and Jay, what are you doing? Still like sticking up for him because he continuously lets you fend for yourselves and throws you to the wolves. And then you continue continuously get beat up and you still come coming back every week. It's, it's the it's he's manipulating them. Gaslighting. He's, he's gaslighting them and he's, being that manipulative cousin he needs mm-hmm. them around for 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 power he realized the, the funny thing is he went from not knowing why he would need jimmy because jimmy can ju- jay could just do what jimmy does to yeah. now he needs both of them because he's figured out a way to use jimmy's strengths and now he's fully manipulated and gaslit jay uso to just doing whatever he wants yeah and it's like now you just kind of sit back and wait until you would think the inevitable happens where they both turn on him finally and they've had enough. I don't think that's happening anytime soon, though. They're, they'll take their time with that. It'll be a slow burn kind of thing. But at some point, either they're going to get sick of him and like we're tired of being controlled or he's going to say, I'm sick of you two because you're holding me back and dumps them both. But one way or another, the bloodline's going to get broken up again. It's just a matter of who starts it and when it's going to happen interesting interesting i just think it's 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 for me this is a a great story it's just man there's so many emotions that when you talk about it it's kind of gets exhausting yeah because there's so much manipulation and so much gaslighting and then you couple it with real life stuff like being surprised that jimmy uso was just even on tv Mm -hmm. after his troubles and stuff like that and the way they kind of for me it was a good and bad thing in the promo when, when Jay came back and he talked about, you know, his family going through dark times right now, but they're going to get through it together. I thought that was awesome 
because it tugged on your heartstrings and you wanted to see somebody just say, hey, I'm here for you because yeah. it was a, it was a real life thing that happened to him and he got in trouble for real life purposes and he's obviously struggling with some demons that he just can't get rid of. So having his brothers st- be there and say, hey, I'm here for you. It's a real life moment that tugs on your heartstrings. I just wonder if it was the right real life moment of what we want. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? What what is what is the right thing to do here? Should he be on TV? Is being on TV some sort of uh reward for him? Yeah, and it's just it, it was just weird, like you said, because you just I because I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, this is the third time he's gotten in trouble. Are they going to keep him off TV for a little bit? Are they going to slap him on the wrist? Or are they just going to pretend like it never happened? And literally right at the opening of SmackDown, there he was. So I'm like, well, that gives us our answer. They're just going to basically, to a degree, pretend like it never happened. Here, Here's how I would do it. And this is going to be majorly, majorly effed up. Mm-hmm. You have Roman see Jimmy as a weak link. Mm-hmm. He's bringing him down. And he sicks his brother on him. Yeah. I mean, that would be something this Roman Reigns would do. And, and But you do it in a way, it, it's got to be vicious. Yeah. It's got to be vicious because you got to write him off TV. Yeah. And you got to give him a message saying, you screwed up. Yeah. Now we're going to we're gonna not only take you off TV, but we're going to take you off TV in a vicious, vicious manner and have your twin brother turn against you yeah and it would make perfect sense because if you think back to roman and jimmy or and jay's match at hell in a cell last year he choked out his own cousin to get to jay so it's like yeah. i wouldn't put it past roman to turn on his own family once again oh yeah of course but just the simple fact that like e- and even even you can allude to it you could say, you know what, your 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 out of the ring troubles are starting to get into yeah. my business. Yeah, your personal problems are starting to become mine. Yeah, 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 perfect. And because something obviously has to be done for for the well being of everybody involved. Yeah, because it's just it's 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 scary, you know, yeah. to blow to blow a two hundred five live like. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, that's not good. You know how much you, you know how much you have to drink to blow a two hundred five. Like you gotta drink a lot, so that man obviously has got some demons, and hopefully he can get them sorted. Um, but for me, the the bloodline stuff is still one of the best stories going on for WWE, and that's saying a lot because Raw, as we said, Raw didn't give us anything. Yeah, it's it like it's a tale of two shows, it <laughs> is, plain and it simple. Is. It is. But we've covered everything under the sun. We covered Raw. We covered AEW. We covered NXT Great American Bash. And we covered SmackDown. Now it's time to get to my favorite part of the show. We got some questions to answer. We do. We got we got quite an eclectic mix of questions today. So I will leave this this opening question, I suppose, up to you. Would we like to talk about the SmackDown women's division or Cesaro? Um... Let's talk about Cesaro. We didn't talk about Cesaro as much. All right. So this question comes from my mom again, because she's like, I have to figure out a question to ask you guys. I have to do it every week. So I I love it. it. Thank you, mom. As always. She asked, when will Cesaro ever touch a championship again? He seems stuck in mid card land. 
I don't know, man. <laughs> I, 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 they mm. Cesaro is another one of those what the heck kind yeah. of situations because they have all the things that they could to to pull the trigger mm-hmm. and they just don't want to. Is it that they don't want to? Because I mean, well, like you said, everything's there. So yeah. It's like what's stopping them? I mean, because let's be honest, if Seth. If he beats Seth to qualify for Money in the Bank, then it might not have been as obvious as to who was going to win because you could easily make a case for either Biggie or Cesaro. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So the fact that he isn't even in the match is a little telling because it's like, what more does he have to do? I mean, he had a fantastic match against Roman for the title. So, But that's the thing, though. I was just going to ask you. I know they had a match. But what exactly, I, I, for the life of me, I know Cesaro obviously lost, but it wasn't the same, it didn't hold the same way as, like, the Kevin Owens feud, where, yeah. you, you you know, like, the losses Kevin suffered at the hands of Roman Reigns, you remember them, or even the Jay Uso feud, where uh, yeah. the, loss, the losses that Jay kind of felt, you kind of can remember. So yeah, maybe I think- that... I think what happened was, I think after that match, that was when Seth ta- attacked him again. So immediately you forgot about the whole Cesaro-Roman feud because now you re-enter the Rollins and Cesaro feud. And it's like, why? Like, did Seth have to beat him at Hell in a Cell? No, he didn't need to beat him. Did he need to beat him for this Money in the Bank match? No. So it's like, I don't know. Do they just not see anything? I don't think they've seen anything. I don't, I think, and we said this before, it all boils down to one person, like your mother said earlier. Uh-huh. It boils down to one. one. It, it's an audience of one, and I think that audience of one is the one that's not high up on him. I think Which is people, a shame. Yeah, I think people like Bruce Pritchard mm-hmm. and guys like that who are, or who are the yes men for Vince McMahon right now, I think they might be high up on him because they see the potential in there. Yeah. I mean, for, for the longest time, they've called him the strongest man on the WWE roster. Yeah, you know, and it's, it's and, tough because it's like everybody else in that building can think Cesaro has it, but if Vince doesn't see it, you're not going to convince him otherwise, right? Which is right. ridiculous because it's like Vince, you're not always right. Yeah, and that, and that's the problem. I think Cesaro is a victim of the Vince McMahon sort of curse. It's a curse because it's almost like he's senile because yeah. he because because. He changes his mind so often mm-hmm. and he changes things so often that working for him has to be a chaotic experience. Honestly, because how many times have we heard <laughs> that, oh, well, the script for Raw was changed like two hours before the right. show or SmackDown was changed the day of. And it's like, and then you wonder why it looks so disjointed and a mess. Maybe yeah. stop changing it at the last minute. Maybe just it let it go. It would suck because my dream job is to be a creative writer for WWE. Yeah, and then you see what they do, and it's <laughs> and like, like, and I'm like, I don't know if I want that. I don't know I don't if I want, want that in my life. I don't right want to sell my soul. Yeah, I, <laughs> for, t- send me over to that other place. Now I see mm-hmm. why everybody's going over there. You know, honestly, it'd be so much easier. But, but yeah, I think I think Cesaro is just the vic- victim of of the Vince McMahon senile. <laughs> audience of one show yeah i i agree it, and, it, and it's a shame but it is a shame i think i think he, he tried to give it a shot he earnestly tried to give it a shot but he didn't see it and if he doesn't see it then nobody else is gonna see it yeah uh, yeah it's 
<laughs> I could, we could spend a whole other hour talking about that. But, Mom, thank you for that question. Thanks, Mom. We appreciate it. So now we will go to the other SmackDown question, which comes from Bam. And, Bam, thank you for this one. I love how she worded this one, too, because she she knows who I'm a fan of. Her <laughs> question is, who would you have picked as Bailey's replacement against Bianca Belair? And sub-question, and why is it Shayna Baszler? <laughs> I mean, Bam... Bam knows the way to my heart, and it's Shayna. Um, I obviously wouldn't have been opposed, but obviously wrong shows. But I I mean, it would have been pretty good. Like, the history is there. They've had a history in NXT, mm-hmm. but taking my bias out of it, um, there are two people I would have picked above Carmella. Obviously, I talked about one earlier. It would have been Sasha, because that would have been the obvious choice. That would have been a good one. you still have that, re- need that rematch from WrestleMania. You've got the story right there. It's the first show in front of fans, so give them the star. Sasha's the star. But I also thought, what better way would it have been to introduce Tony Storm than instead of ruining your own spoiler call-up surprises? Have her <laughs> debut that day. Have, like, Sonya come on last night and say, okay, we have some. I have to search for somebody to replace Bailey. I'll announce it next week and the match will be next week mm-hmm. and then bianca goes out to the ring next week sonya comes out i found the perfect person for you that and there comes Tony an Storm. awesome match and i hate 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 how wwe always does this where it's like oh coming soon this new call up it's like why can't you just let it be a surprise anymore i hate because, it I, and and i agree with you i agree with you 100 percent. but here's the reason why and i they, they've i've read about this online the reason they do that strictly for ratings they yeah. need a, ra- a ratings pop that's the only they that's the only reason why they do these coming soon deals because people have the same idea why not just make it a surprise yeah and i honestly think i i get their line of thinking you want that ratings pop but you can also get a same ratings pop for the next week yeah without with essentially not having to do anything exactly it's just i i don't <laughs> So yeah, that would have been those would have been my two picks. Would have been Tony Storm and Sasha. Who would you have picked? I mean, Sasha. The way you laid out the Sasha thing would have been perfect. I, I thought that that's a great way to continue a story. Like you say, th- it, this is a way you build a proper rivalry. Forget yeah. a feud or a program. A proper rivalry. You had the main event Raw, the first ever all women's singles main event on WrestleMania. I meant. Mm-hmm. And then that was uh, that was the big thing. That was the catalyst for that. And then you have it in front of fans for the first time on SmackDown. It's another s- sort of thing that they could add to this rivalry. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? It's sort of the same way they did the Bailey and Sasha Banks rivalry. There was always something when there was a match, whether it was a last woman standing match or the first match to uh, the first all female match to main event a takeover. There was always something there that made that match special. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So with Sasha, that would have made that rivalry with her and Bianca that much special. She wouldn't have to have beaten Bianca. No. Or you could have had a run-in or something. Anything. Anything to make sure that that belt doesn't come off Bianca and it doesn't make Sasha look weak. But I think Sasha Banks, for whatever reason, she's not around. She would have been the perfect uh, person to be a surprise. (sighs) 
Tony Storm would have been like, I, I, it's hard to disagree with the way you laid these things out because you've laid them out so perfectly. Um, Tony Storm would have been another one, another call up, or hey, if we called up uh, Shotzi and we called up uh, Tegan, but that leaves Ember Moon in the dust. Yeah. Why Why not bring up Ember Moon, who has main roster experience? Yeah. You know? It's like they could have done it a lot better, I think, but. This is why we unfortunately are not on the writing team. Yeah, I don't I see. That's the thing. I, I, I'm always. I'd never want to be that fan to be like, man. If I could write the show, I'd, it'd be a way better show. Because yeah. you know what? To be honest with you, I don't know if it would be a better show. I don't know if I could handle the pressure. No, I don't think I could. <laughs> way too much stress. I, I, no thanks. I'm good. I don't think I can handle that pressure. I'll just um, we'll just stick to fantasy booking stuff on the podcast. And there you go. And then being vindicated or feeling vindicated when we talk things into existence but man yes that was bam thank you for that question we appreciate thank you bam um i'm looking through the other ones i'm trying to think of where we could start um okay let's do this is a fun one from jeff jeff actually uh asked us two questions but i'll save his last his second one for last so jeff's first question why do you think Vince McMahon puts so much reliance on part-timers and veterans like Brock Lesnar instead of trying to build new stars? Um, that's kind of easy. It's the same reason that they do the coming soon thing with uh, call-ups. It's ratings pop. And for Vince, here's the thing. Everybody's always talked about how Raw is just too long of a show, right? It's yeah. three hours long. Why don't they get rid of the three hours? Why can't they just condense it down to two hours? Here's the thing. The third hour of Raw is WWE's most profitable hour mm -hmm. because that's when they can use advertisers that are geared towards 18 to 35 to 45 demographic. It doesn't matter if they get the ratings, but they, the advertisements, Yep, they can get those advertisements in for that key demo. And that's where they make the most of their money. Yeah. Um, but they also have to, they actually have to keep those ratings up no matter if they're inconsequential, whether or not ratings matter at this point in terms of entertainment, that's a whole nother discussion to mm -hmm. WWE and to the one man show that is Vince McMahon ratings still hold weight to him. Yeah. So he brings back these guys like Goldberg, uh, who's another part-timer, uh, Brock Lesnar. He Cena. brings back Cena. I mean, I, I love Cena, so I'd be biased. I, <laughs> I, I miss John Cena so much. That I can't wait to see if he actually does come back. Yeah. So I'll I'll keep I'll keep seeing it, but like the Goldberg and the mm -hmm. Brock Lesnar's, there's a, we have to understand that there's a certain subsect of wrestling fans that don't consume any internet media, yeah. that don't read any dirt sheets, that don't know anything else but WWE. They don't know indie wrestling. They don't even care for AEW. They don't. All they consume is just the WWE product. Mm -hmm. So for them, if they get to see a Goldberg again, or or you know, let's say a, a show that's gonna have Stone Cold Steve Austin on it, yeah, you know, that's mm -hmm. gonna boost the ratings because there are a certain subsect of fans that really rely on just those part timers. They want their they're so thirsty for that nostalgia, yeah. You know? That they think that these part-timers are somehow going to bring back the Attitude Era or bring back wrestling to the glory days where everybody was consuming it. Yeah. But that's just not the case. Especially, you got to understand, too, now, 
with things like media and streaming, you don't really have to watch Raw when Raw happens live. No, you really don't. Um, you can yeah. just DVR it. Yep, that's. I mean, honestly, that's what we do half the time. We'll DVR it, and we'll. There's times where we'll actually watch most of the show, but if we don't like have time to watch it or anything, we'll DVR it and then just fast forward through the parts we really don't care about. Mm. So. Yeah, it's more. You must people. have fast forward to a, through a lot of raw this week. Oh, God, yes, I did. It was just like, and it's just the worst part is that some of it wasn't bad. It was just I just didn't care enough. I guess didn't care. Yeah, they, that's their problem. Is they they yeah. they've forgotten how to make you care. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the yep. problem when you and then you couple that with they tend to rely too much on nostalgia. You know. I, I, I'm I'm fairly certain we're gonna see a Goldberg before SummerSlam comes. Oh, that or Lesnar or one of Le- them. or Lesnar Lesnar Maybe after. The thing with Lesnar, it depends on how they do it. If they book a Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley, I mean people have been clamoring for that for what, two years now. Yeah, a while. They've been wanting to see that. They've been wanting to see that. Yep. You know? So if they go that route, I mean, that's not so bad. But if no. it, if if I have to see Goldberg one more time please no i might lose my mind i might yes. i might lose the no. man the man is a danger to himself yeah i mean do we have to we always have to reference his match with the undertaker that's, that was just said. that was probably that match and the match with the undertaker which is another part-timer that they relied heavy on until he finally said i couldn't do it no more mm. the undertaker kane match in saudi arabia against oh, dx God, probably was... probably the two worst matches i've ever seen wwe yeah. produce yeah not, good. They, not were, good they were not good and honestly you make a very good point with the ratings because my answer to the question is i think you touched on it a little bit my theory is that he just wants to go with old reliable because he knows oh, yeah. he thinks it could work except it works to a certain degree after a while nobody wants to see it anymore because they're not it's like okay yeah how many times do we have to see lesnar suplex somebody or lesnar f5 someone or goldberg try to spear jackhammer someone without killing himself in the process and it's like I don't know if it's like he's afraid of trying to make a new star and then it doesn't work and he gets seen as a failure or something. I don't know, but you need to start taking some chances because you can't continuously rely on the old guys and the veterans because, number one, at some point they're not going to do it anymore, and B, Mm -hmm. the fans are going to get really tired of it. Like, it's gotten to the point with Brock Lesnar, I don't care if he comes back or not. (laughs) Like, yeah, I, I don't care if he comes back or not. But it, unless it's with Bobby Lashley, I'm probably yeah. not going to care. Exactly. It's just like, we don't want to see them anymore. We want to see the guys that you have on the roster right now and the women you have on the roster right now. Like, please, make us some Ugh. new stars. That's all we want. <laughs> uh, Jeff, thank you for that question. We will get to his... Uh, we're going to save his second question for last because that's a very interesting one. Um, We're going to go back to the women's division with Jade's question. So, Jade, thank you for this question. It's very simple and straightforward and to the point. What is next for Rhea Ripley? What is Uh, next for Rhea Ripley? She's got Charlotte. Does she have Charlotte? Unfortunately. And I'm very scared she's taking the title off of her. Mm. And I just hate what they have done with her on the main roster. We've talked about it, I feel like, the last few weeks. I hate how... They've basically just torpedoed her reign as champion. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. 
you walk you go into every week not knowing is she going to be the tweener or is she going to be the heel because mm-hmm. we've talked she can't be straight full on baby face it's just not her her persona her character does not fit like a smiling waving kissing babies baby face she's either a tweener anti-hero kind of character or just bad heel like badass heel i can't tell what they're doing with her like you want charlotte to get booed but you're also making us not want to get behind Rhea either. I mean, obviously, I'm going to be behind Rhea regardless because I love mm. Rhea. But it's like, what are you guys doing with her? Like, what yeah. is going on? Yeah, it's weird because I was so high on Rhea Ripley, but they've kind of nuked her to the point where this reign is kind of inconsequential. You know, like it, it yeah. just does. This. Yeah. Okay, she's she's taking on she's taking on Charlotte. What was her her last title defense before Charlotte? Did she even have one? Cause who did she beat? Who did she beat? She beat Oscar at WrestleMania to get the title. I think didn't they had a? I think I had a rematch the night after. I think it's literally like the whole Raquel <laughs> Gonzalez thing, where it's like if you can't even remember this, that's not a good sign. Exactly. Basically, that's basically my point. Is that you can't remember anything, so her reign has kind of just been blah. Yeah. It's like, I... What's next for her, unfortunately, is if it's just going the way it's going, it's almost like you're just expecting now Charlotte to win because we can't help it. Like, we can't help Charlotte winning the title because why wouldn't we, but... Man, they really gave her a lot of title reigns so fast. Yeah, so now it's like... It's gotten to the point where every time she's in the title picture, you just expect her to win it at some point. Right. And it's like, I don't want them to. I want them to build Rhea back up as a decent champion. And it's like, I don't know if they can. I don't know. And I, I don't, hate it. And and it's the thing, too. Like, who who we haven't seen anyone else on the roster that Rhea could potentially have chemistry with because we've been getting this whole situation with Charlotte yeah. kind of shoved down our throats and we, we can- already know her chemistry with oscar is to be honest not that great no nah, not really not really it's not that good and that's um, the problem and like you said that's the problem she's so stuck with charlotte and i remember and it honestly brings up a really good point i remember i was watching it was a promo back with becky and charlotte back during their feud mm-hmm. and i remember becky it was after she it was after she lost the SmackDown Women's title, so she was still the Raw Women's Champion after WrestleMania. And I remember they were feuding once again for like the 50th time. And Becky had said something to the degree of, you're the web I can't untangle myself from. Mm-hmm. I feel like most people, when it comes to a feud with mm-hmm. Charlotte, you cannot untangle yourself that's from probably Charlotte. What the, that's probably what the fans are saying, too. They were like, yeah, us, too. Like, you because... Know? Like, just look at the other women on the Raw roster that Rhea could go against. You have Shayna. You have history from NXT. You could even do Nia if we're that desperate, because Mm -hmm. whatever. You have other women on that roster that are not named Charlotte Flair or Asuka. I don't know why we always have to keep recycling through the same two or three women all the time. But it's again like... You got Alexa Bliss! You have Alexa Bliss! It's again... I don't know if this coincides with the one-man show, but mm-hmm. Charlotte is a different type of wrestler compared to everybody else. Yeah, I think it's kind of like, it's it actually kind of ties into Jeff's question. It's almost like old reliable. He knows he can rely on Charlotte. He knows she's a star. She can put on the good matches and this and that and the other thing. So 
okay, well, we can try and build up this new woman, and then at the slightest hint of, oh, it might not, okay, let's just put Charlotte in her, it'll be fine. The thing is, like, whoever is in charge of the women, I don't know if it's, like, Sarah Motto or somebody else, mm-hmm. they have to... It's weird because I can see Charlotte putting on great matches with the guys. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Because of the simple fact that she lays in her shots. Mm-hmm. Everything, every strike she throws has conviction. Yeah. But the problem with the women is they're not matching her intensity in the ring. No. And that, that's where you get all the clunkiness, mm-hmm. the phantom shots that make everything look bad. Yeah. And just generally just bad matches. Because, like, you- honestly, the last... I mean, obviously, besides her match with Rhea, I mean, her matches with Rhea aren't bad, because Rhea can lay them in, too. So Her feuds with Sasha and Becky, fantastic. Her feuds with Bailey, fantastic. It's like, you gotta match it somewhere. Like, you gotta yeah. bring them up to her level or something, or just give us something new. Yeah, That's all we want. Because, yeah, because, again, everything has been inconsequential, because we can't even remember... It's it's like All right. I don't, let me look it up. Let's look this up. When right when I when I look at Rhea, I don't even look at her with the Raw Women's Championship because I just don't I don't re- really remember. And like you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, There's nothing it's there. Insane. Like I said, it's just like Raquel Gonzalez's reign. We almost couldn't remember who her last title defense was, and I, mm-hmm. we fi- finally figured out it was Ember Moon. All right, I'm trying to see. Um probably wasn't the best idea i i'm pretty sure it was it had to be it had to be the night after mania was her i think why is it not showing up Rhea ripley she is the champion she's even wikipedia is like i don't know i don't know about it has to to be it has to be oscar the only one because it definitely wasn't alexa bliss no wasn't Shayna baszler wasn't naya um it was oh yeah see this is how sad we remember she was supposed to wrestle oscar at wrestlemania backlash and then sonya added charlotte into the match so that triple threat match was the last time before hell in a cell so that tells you how much we remember her her last defense before hell in a cell was backlash not only that but like her last title defense had charlotte flair shoot it shoot into the match yeah it's like we've seen this before we don't like it so to answer your question, what is next for hmm. Rhea Ripley? It's basically whatever Charlotte does. Yeah, or it's I, God, it is. It's just a mess. It's just it's a, a mess. mess. Um, it's but Jade, mess. thank you for that question. No matter thank how painful you, it was to answer, but um, okay. So this one we're gonna switch it up a little bit. We talked about this before we started recording. My friend Jordan, this mm-hmm. isn't a question. This is more of just like a statement he wanted me to say. Mm-hmm. He was watching NXT UK, mm-hmm. and he was watching Laura DiMatteo's match against, um, what's B. Priestley's name now? Like Blair, Blair or something? Blair, Blair Davenport, right? Blair Davenport. And Laura DiMatteo lost, but he was still very impressed by her, and he was telling me a little bit about her last night, because we talked about it. I don't really have the time in the day to watch NXT UK, unfortunately. There are people mm-hmm. on there that I enjoy watching like isla dawn and miko satamora and them i just haven't had time to watch them and he was just very impressed with the mateo despite the loss she looked very 
competent in the ring, athletic, just technically sound, all of that. So he wanted me to just say he thinks she is the best woman in the UK today. Um, she was in the House of Couture with Jenny mm. back on the Indies. And he says he thinks Di Matteo carried that faction. Like, not Jenny, not Chakra, not Nina. He really? thinks Laura Di Matteo was the one that carried that. So he wanted us to give Laura Di Matteo a little bit of love on the podcast. Definitely, so definitely. Had to shout her out. Hey, that's the whole point of this podcast. It's just not for questions, but also to give your opinions on something we might not even cover. Yeah, and you know? I might, and probably I'm going to go because he had sent me actually a, because uh, her and Jenny had feuded in mm-hmm. progress, I'm pretty sure. So he sent me a video about that, and so I'm going to have to watch that too. So it's like, I like when we have people come in and do that because then I'm like, okay, well, if you guys are so high on her, let me go see what she's about and see what all the like hypes about. And so, for real. yeah. Yeah. That's the whole point of the podcast is like, it's not just for questions and it's just not to hear us ramble on about what we saw, but you can actually get in involved in the show and give us your opinions. And you're actually going to give us something else to look forward to because after we're done recording, I'm probably going to end up watching the latest episode of NXT UK and probably find some things on there that I like and then have to consume more wrestling <laughs> even more. As, even as if I don't consume enough <laughs> right but yeah. you know that that's the whole point of this podcast is to you're not only we're not only trying to give you our opinions and maybe stuff that you never knew about but we also want to be educated by you as a fan as well. Yes. So by telling us, hey, you guys should check out Laura DiMatteo on NXT UK. Here's a little bit of her backstory. That's exactly what we want for this podcast. This is yeah. as much our podcast as it is your podcast. Mm-hmm. So again, thank you. Thank you for giving me something else that you know I have to pay attention to. And I'm definitely going to have to put NXT UK. It's just the, the thing with it is that there is so much wrestling. Even mm-hmm. with the pandemic, there is so much wrestling. A lot. And for some people, uh, they can they can gladly consume 12, 18 hours of wrestling a day. You know? <laughs> I cannot. I cannot. I got I got other stuff going on. You know, I I need, I, a, break. I, I need a break, you know. Yeah. So but for real, um, one of the best things about doing this podcast is meeting people and ha- them having, you know, opinions and saying you guys should check this out because it's only going to make the podcast better. Yeah, honestly. I mean, that's so, kind of like how we started this because you didn't know me. I didn't know you. No, no. I Jay, was just, Jay and Richard from TWM are just like, yeah, we're going to do this podcast. I'm like, okay. And so we just did it and just instantly found, I think it's, we instantly found chemistry through loving like Malachi Black and Ruby Riot. And then yeah, it just the alternative went, and it just went from there. But yeah. And so like, I started to learn what you like. You started to learn what I like. And it's like, we talk about it basically every episode. Yeah. So that, and that's basically that's what, what it is. That's why I was super stoked. Like when they were like, well, we have somebody that is looking to uh, get into podcasting and do a podcast on the regular. I was stoked because it's like, finally, like I can do something with somebody that will put in that effort, you know? Yeah. For the podcast. So I was super stoked and it's all working out because this is already episode five, but it feels like we've been doing 10 <laughs> to 20 episodes. Honestly, it does. And it's just like, I'm so glad that you were around to do the podcast with too, because it was just getting to the point where it's like, for instance, 
as everybody who listens to this knows, I could talk about Shayna Baszler all day, every day when it comes to wrestling. Like, she's my <laughs> absolute favorite, no matter what. I couldn't continuously write two or three articles a month about her because it would get a little ridiculous. So I'm like, <laughs> I'd love to just have somewhere where we can talk about what we like, what we don't like, and don't have to always put it in article form. And so the timing was just right. And here we are. Yeah, that's or we can it. scream about who we like and who we don't like and what we don't like about wrestling and it's it's a great that's, time. It's that's honestly time. that's honestly what I want in a podcast is just no pressure. I'm not out here to be like the top podcaster in all of wrestling. I just no. want a place where I could talk about wrestling and meet other people with the same sort of wrestling for the same sort of passion for it and put out some good content so hopefully it's working out for people and i, I honestly think people are enjoying the podcast because i do see the numbers climbing and climbing so yeah. i'm definitely excited and i love doing this podcast like i said for me it feels like we've been doing 20 podcasts episodes. it really does it doesn't seem like we literally started this a month ago it doesn't it doesn't this is episode five do we have any more questions we have one more from right. jeff um so thank you again, Jordan. Got to show Lord Dimatteo some love on the podcast. I will, and I will go check out that match, and yeah. I will love it, and I will tweet her and say, "Hey, that was a great match. I really, really enjoyed it." Yeah, and I will let her know that my friend Jordan said I had to check you out, yes. and it was awesome. We will definitely will do. The, I will do the same. So this final one, I always have to leave the one where it might take us a little bit to think about it. Um, towards the end so jeff again thank you for your questions we appreciate all the questions as always if wwe decided to resurrect the nwo who would you pick to be in the group all right so you got I, I, i'm gonna have to go see when you think about the nwo when they first came on the scene you gotta think like bad not bad guys but yeah guys that are a little cocky. yeah guys that are a little cocky but also got a little bit of an edge to them. Yeah, which, you know, when it comes to that, because I was thinking about it a little bit um, last night because he sent it to me last night. One person I could easily see fitting in, like, a newly revived NWO type style would be Adam Cole. I was Absolutely. just going to say Adam Cole. <laughs> Absolutely Adam Cole. Like, he's that, that cockiness that, like, I'm better than you and whatever, not we're not going to quote MJF, but it's like <laughs> the cockiness that right. you need to be in the NWO is definitely something Adam would uh, fit into quite nicely. Um, I didn't know if we wanted to do like a men's version and a women's version. Ooh, but... Oh, but why not mix them all together? Yeah. Um, okay. So like for a woman, um, hmm. I mean, you don't want to always say the same people, but I could see somebody like Shayna or Rhea being in the NWO like definitely they got a little bit of an edge um if Ruby was still here Ruby. she she would be great mm. so I think Sasha would be a natural leader in an NWO setting yeah um I could see Samoa Joe maybe he'd be like the enforcer Ooh. Samoa Joe that would be good He's Samoa, got that, like, cocky confidence to him, a little bit of swagger. Samoa Joe and Adam Cole in the same stable? <laughs> yeah, you would think. Right now, that doesn't seem so likely, but... Doesn't, but that would actually... I would. I, I actually like that, because it kind of reminds me of Kevin Nash mm -hmm. and, and uh, like, a, like, a Scott Steiner when they were in the NWO together. Yeah. You know? Because, yep. like you said, he's kind of like an enforcer. I'm going to throw a wild card in there. Okay. Riddle. 
Oh, he'd be like the comic relief of the group. He he would, but he'd also be like the guy that'd be like, let's go freaking spray paint NWO on their car or on their back. Yeah. He he'd yeah. bring it back to the old school NWO he'd and just the be like, right, exactly. He'd be the one causing the chaos. You know, and he'd be like, it's NWO, you know, it's for life. You know, he'd be the guy to really carry that torch and be like, all right, let's cause mass chaos. Yeah, honestly. And then another woman I just thought of that could do really good, Sonya Deville. Sonya Deville would be a great, you could do, honestly, you could do like a Sonya Deville, Ruby Soho, and a a Sasha Banks. Yeah, hell, throw Liv Morgan in there too. Or, yeah, you could throw, Liv Morgan would be great because she's kind of like, She's kind of like a wild card, you know, she's unpredictable and she seems like the type of person that like, if you set her off, she could, she could do some psycho shit. Yes, that is absolute. That is her to a T, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, She's got those eyes that Mm -hmm. like, she does that. Yeah. She does that. Like she looks down at you with those eyes, but she's still kind of looking up Yep. and you know, she's, she's, she's definitely capable of some stuff. Oh, absolutely. It's, I love that question, though. I do, too, because it, it makes us think. It's not just an easy, like, yeah, yes or no answer or whatever. It's like, we actually, I mean, we always get those questions. Every That's why week. I like doing the podcast every week. It's great. It's like, it I is. love the question. So thank you, everybody, for sending those questions in. I think that's it. That is it. We already are at the two-hour mark. Can you believe that? <laughs> I think that's the longest episode we've had so far. So far, yes. No doubt. No doubt we've hit the two-hour mark. So we definitely, if you're listening to this, want to give you a big, big supportive, appreciative thank you for listening to the show. It means a lot to us because we're just two people that love wrestling and love talking about wrestling. Yeah. And we literally met during this podcast. Yeah, that, like, I don't think most people realize that. The first time we ever talked to each other was, I mean, obviously, besides, like, through Twitter DMs, figuring out when to record, literally yeah. the first time we actually talked to each other, not through messages, was the first episode we recorded. Yeah. And, it's and kind that... of insane to me, but, <laughs> because it could have went bad. It could have went horribly. It but... could have. But, you know, like I said, we're both passionate about wrestling. We're both passionate about our favorites. And I feel like we're developing the passion to to talk about it and to be uh, to be able to create this sort of content that we have friends of ours that get into the show and drop questions and really make our brains think. Yeah, it's, it's like I love it. Yeah, it's much more than just your typical wrestling show. Uh, so. We, we would like to thank you guys for listening. If you're listening for the first time, please hit that subscribe button. Wherever you listen to your podcast, this podcast is available. All you got to do is search Ringside Rundown. If you want to get it at its spot, at its hub, at its home, check out Anchor FM. Anchor FM is the podcast platform that we use to distribute the podcast. So go to anchor.fm slash ringside hyphen rundown. Also, through Anchor FM, you can leave us voice messages. Let us know what you think about the show, what you want to voice about wrestling. Like we said earlier, the best part about the show is your questions. Not only that, but having someone say, hey, you guys should check out this person on the wrestling scene. They'll make it big. We want you, you know, formulate an opinion and let us know what you think. Always appreciative that. You can uh, check us out on social media. I'm available on Twitter at Wrestling Cron. That's Wrestling, C-H-R-O-N. Shay, where can they find you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at Hickson 21 shailene hickson 21 there you go so like i said 
use the subscribe button smash that subscribe button use that voicemail feature if you want to get your opinion on wrestling on the show we will voice it no problem and just thank you for listening yeah thanks guys we will see you next week see you next week guys have a great rest of your weekend